Well, good morning, church. My name is Mark Putman. I'm one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills. And it is a great day to be from Cincinnati, right? Woo! Man, oh man, oh man. For the first time in 33 years, our Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Who day? I mean, what an accomplishment that is. And we're all hoping and praying that they bring home a win tonight. And whether you're a big football fan or not, it is a great day to be from Cincinnati to cheer for our home team and for the city of Cincinnati too. And you know what? There's a lot of reasons why we're celebrating today. It is a great morning to be in worship as well. We're celebrating baptisms and new members throughout every single worship service um, this morning at Anderson Hills. And we're also continuing our sermon series on prayer. This has really been an exciting series for me. I hope you are getting into it as much as I have, because what I've been finding is how very much deeper we can all stand to go in our prayer life with God. You know, in week one, we talked about how amazing it is that the the God of the universe, the, the creator of you and the creator of me, wants to meet with us, wants to talk with us, wants to hear from us. He's just waiting for us. And last week in week two, we talked about who God is. Because you see, knowing who God is is the foundation of a deep prayer life. We learned about God as our counselor and our provider and our healer and so much more than that. And so we can go to God in prayer with every single need that we have. Today's message is entitled, Help Me to Hear You. And we're going to explore in more depth that prayer is a two-way conversation with God. You see, it's not just us talking to God, but it's also us listening to God. Think about it. It's like any other relationship that you have, whether it's a relationship with your spouse or with your kids or with a best friend. You know, conversation is a two-way street. Imagine if all you ever did was talk, 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 talk to your spouse, but you never listened to them in return. It would be a pretty bleak Valentine's Day tomorrow, right? I'm telling you what. Or imagine the opposite. You have a friend that does nothing but talk at you, but never let you get a word in edgewise, or let alone listen to you when you speak. I mean, those examples are less like relationships and more like lectures, You see, prayer at its most basic level is just talking with God. It's walking right into God's throne room of grace with the boldness that he has given to us. You see, we are sons and daughters of the Lord Most High because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can talk to God just like we would talk to a loving, listening parent. And just like any good parent on earth, God wants to speak to us. He wants to pour his wisdom into us. He wants to make his good plans for us come to fruition. We're studying a passage today from the book of 1 Samuel. And to give a little context, this book takes place late in the period of time when Israel was being run by leaders who were called judges. This is before Israel had a king of their own. And so 
this whole, there's a whole book in the Bible, I'm sure you know that, called Judges. You can read about some of these judges and, and how sometimes they were successful and sometimes not so much. Well, this was a time in Israel's history that was filled with chaos and stress. You see, there was no strong, centralized leadership. And so everybody just did what they thought was good in their own eyes, which is never a good thing at all. Now, God had told Israel to kick out all of the people from the promised land that were already living there when they went in, the ones who didn't obey God. But Israel disobeyed that commandment from God, and they let many of them stay in the land. And then Israel started to follow down their path, following their ways, worshiping their idols and turning away from God. Now, Israel's tabernacle at Shiloh was run by a priest named Eli. Now, he was a good priest, but not a very good parent. You see, he had two sons who helped him run the tabernacle. But they did all kinds of wicked things in the eyes of the Lord. They stole from the offering plate. They slept with the women who who worked at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And they wouldn't listen to their father, Eli, when he rebuked them for doing these things. So soon there came an old man, a prophet who came to tell Eli that his sons would die on the exact same day as each other because of this sin before the Lord. Now, several years earlier, there had been an Israelite woman named Hannah, and she came with her husband to the tabernacle at Shiloh every year to make their sacrifice to the Lord. Now, Hannah was childless, And that grieved her heart greatly. And so she prayed with all her might to God. And she made a vow to God that if God would give her a son, that she would dedicate him to a lifetime of service to God in the tabernacle. Well, God gave Hannah her heart's greatest desire, and she kept her promise to God. Her son was named Samuel. And when he was a child, but old enough to begin his training at the tabernacle under Eli, Hannah brought him there to live and to serve the Lord. 1 Samuel 3 starts by telling us that the boy Samuel was ministering before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. One night... Samuel lay down to sleep, and the voice of the Lord called to Samuel, only Samuel didn't know that it was the voice of the Lord. He thought it was Eli who was calling to him, and so he ran to Eli, and he said, here I am, what do you want? And Eli said, it wasn't me who called you, go back to bed. Picking up in verse 6, again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. You know, sometimes it's hard to hear God. And sometimes it seems like the word of the Lord is not very prevalent. But there are some ways that we can be more attuned to hearing God. And there are some attitudes that we can take to perhaps enable us to get more in tune with God. Theologian Richard Foster said that attuning ourselves to divine breathings is spiritual work. But without it, our prayer is in vain. It is repetition. He says listening to God is the first thing, the second thing, and the third thing that is necessary. I want to talk this morning about four dispositions that allow the Lord to speak to us in prayer. And the first one of those is be still. I think we live in a period of history when it might be harder to be still, harder to find silence than at any other point in history up until now. We have phones that fit in our pocket that ring and ping and buzz and vibrate every single time any little minute thing happens to one of our friends. Now, you don't have to raise a hand, but how many of you check your phone first thing in the morning when you wake up before you even check in with God? I know I've been guilty of that sometimes. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. Now, being still doesn't simply mean holding still, not moving. It also is the act of letting our guard down. Think about it like, an animal, you know, when it gets frightened, what does it do? It fur stands up on end, it gets agitated and stuff. Being still is relaxing, letting your fur go down again, putting down your defenses, because only then can we listen to God. One night, just in the last couple of weeks, I was getting ready for bed, and I felt so angry about a situation that had just been building up inside of me for a little while. And as I lay down to bed to sleep that night, I thought, you know what, this anger that's filling me up, that I'm carrying around inside of me right now, doesn't seem like it's going to be very conducive for me to get a good night's sleep tonight. And so I wondered what I was going to do about that. And so I decided to do a little inner healing prayer to try and see what was going on inside of me and just how Jesus might respond. And so as I lay there in bed with this situation going through my mind, I asked myself to envision where Jesus was in the room as I laid there. And I saw him. He was sitting on the bench of the vanity in the corner of the room. And it was, he was either reading a book or he was reading a magazine, really preoccupied, not paying any attention to me. And I thought... Maybe he's just waiting for me to invite him to come closer. And so I did invite him to come closer. And he pulled that bench right up next to me, next to the bed. And he took my hand. 
And without a single word, every single ounce of anger that had been inside of me just washed out of me. And I slept like a baby that night. One time, Elijah was pretty stressed out. He was being pursued by his enemies, and he wanted to give up on his ministry, and he felt all alone in the world. And so he ran away, and he tried to hide in a cave on Mount Horeb. But you know, you can't hide from the Lord. First Kings 19, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And the Bible says that at this gentle whisper, Elijah pulled his cloak over his face, seeming to recognize the holiness of God in that place. We have to be still in order to hear the still, small voice of God. The second spiritual discipline that we need for hearing God is to be willing to be willing we have to be willing to do whatever it is that the lord leads us to do willing to do whatever god puts on our heart and again this isn't always a very easy thing to do i mean the word that god spoke to samuel that night in the tabernacle would not be easy for samuel to relay to eli the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke about his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. I mean, Samuel is still a child. And this, Lord, this word from the Lord is given to him to relay to Eli. That could not have been an easy thing for Samuel to think about doing. I remember this time... I was in my early teens, probably around 13 or 14 years old. And my older sister had just gotten her driver's license. And my dad had given us permission for her to drive us to Northgate Mall. That was back in the day when it was, like, cool to go to Northgate Mall, okay? And so while backing out of our carport, my sister hit the wooden posts that held the roof up and... Uh, of our carport with the rear view mirror of the car. Now, fortunately, the, the roof didn't crash in, but as she hit it, it knocked the posts off of the pedestal, and they're just swinging there. And, you know, when you're 14 and 16, you're like, oh, man, we're in trouble now. So we went and we told my dad, and he wasn't thrilled. I will tell you that. But he told us to wait while he fixed them. 
But after he fixed them, much to our surprise, he said we could still go. Well, don't you know, backing out again, my sister hit that post again and knocked it off the post again. And we had to go in and tell my dad a second time (laughs) that the posts were broken. And I can think that this might give us a little glimpse of how Samuel might have felt to be willing to give this news to Eli. The Bible says that Samuel was afraid to tell Eli his vision, but Eli asked him and Samuel had to be ready to tell him the news. What was it he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. You see, Samuel had stilled himself on his sleeping mat. So he was quiet enough to hear the Lord. And he was willing to listen to what the Lord had to say to him. And he was willing to share that news with Eli, even though it was difficult. And he was also ready to share it when Eli asked Samuel not to withhold anything that the Lord had spoken to him. And finally, both Samuel and Eli were open to hear from the Lord. It's no different with us. We have to be still, be willing, be ready, and be open to listen to the word of the Lord. You know, sometimes in a close relationship, you know what the other person is thinking even before any words have been exchanged. Do you know what I mean? My wife, Marge, and I have been married for 38 years, and we dated for four years before we got married. So there are lots of times when I know what she's thinking, even before any words come out of her mouth. There are times when I can finish her sentences for her and vice versa. An interviewer once asked Mother Teresa what she said to God when she prayed. And she said, nothing, I just listened. So the interviewer asked her, well, then what does God say when you pray? And Mother Teresa said, nothing, he just listens. You know, the Bible is filled with stories of God speaking with God's people in lots of different ways. And God still speaks today. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've never heard the audible voice of God speaking to me. I believe he could do that, and he probably does, but I haven't experienced it. I think I've shared with you before about how, in God, how God encouraged me one time to trust him with my family's future when I was being called into ordained ministry almost 25 years ago. I was out for a run through a wooded area near my home where I lived at the time. And right in the middle of it, it was like God's hand 
hit my shoulder and stopped me. And it was like a voice. It was my voice, but somehow I knew it was God's voice. Stopped me in my tracks and asked me, Mark, what do you see? And I said that I saw the road ahead of me for a bit, but then the road disappeared around a bend hidden behind some trees in the woods. Now, I'd run that wooded road many, many times before, and I knew what was around that bend in the road, and I knew that it was a a running course that I loved. And God said, the road ahead toward ordained ministry will be a little like that with me. You may not see what's around the bend. You may not see all of your future. But Mark, we've been on this road of faith for a while now, and you know you can trust me, and what's around that bend will be good. And boy, has it been. I've heard God speak to me in the words of a sermon before. I've heard God speak to me straight from his word, from scripture. I've heard God speak to me in the voice of a trusted Christian friend. I've heard God speak to me in a song. I heard God speak to me just last week in this very room right back there with music from worship that just seemed to transport me into the throne room of heaven. And I couldn't stop weeping as God spoke to my heart. I'm going to ask the band to come forward now and to begin to play some quiet music for us. Because I believe that God wants to speak to each and every one of us this very day. That he wants us to be still and willing and ready and open. As Soren Kierkegaard once observed, a man prayed, and at first he thought that prayer was talking, but he became more and more quiet until in the end he realized that prayer is listening. You know, during this series, we've been giving you ways to put into practice what we're teaching. And today we're going to do that before we even leave this worship space. We're going to take a few minutes to listen to the voice of God. To be still and know that he is God. It's a gift of a few moments of uninterrupted time with the Lord. And we're just going to ask for God to speak. Sometimes I think it's helpful for us to ask God a question and then listen for his answer. And so today I want each of us to ask God this same question. God, what do you like about me? What do you like about me? Just ask the question and then listen. If you don't hear anything, it's okay. That doesn't mean God doesn't like anything about you. And if you begin to play in your mind some of those tapes, if you hear the voices, those negative tapes in your head, know that that is not God's voice. So ask God to help clear your mind of those lies. And so come, Holy Spirit, come. Speak, for your servants are listening. God, when you look at me, what do you like? 
What brings joy to your heart? What makes you proud? Heavenly Father. Continue in silence. Here's some of these truths, these words of what God thinks about you, straight from Scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, for behold, the new has come. future and a hope. thank you for speaking to us in these moments of prayer. Help us to listen to your voice all the days of our lives. Amen.